Hey, hey, so glad you're here. Well, are you reading all the stuff about the Chosen TV series? Y'all, it is, it is growing exponentially. There are new bloggers expanding on it all the time. Facebook discussion uh, groups are springing up every day. Cable news stations have no idea and cannot understand its growth and its appeal. It's bringing a believing, divided, denominational world together because it's just looking at Jesus. No, no agenda, just, just Jesus. And Jesus in this pure, undiluted picture, it's not surprisingly refreshing. And that isn't to say that Jesus isn't pointedly confrontational and controversial at times especially when he exposes our own self-absorption and our lack of faith. But his unconditional acceptance and love toward all of us, that is difficult to dismiss. In fact, it's more like this, this magnet that just gently pulls us toward him. Jesus one time said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. All of us seem to have this respect and admiration for unwavering friendship. And I'm wondering, is it more rare in today's modern world? Sam Rayburn was a congressman that died in 1961. He served as Speaker of the House of Representatives longer than anyone else in our country's history. There's a moving story about him that kind of reveals what kind of a friend he was. A teenage daughter of Rayburn's friend suddenly died one night. And early in the morning, the senator arrived at this man's house to say, I just came by to see what I could do. And the man replied, deep in grief, of course, I don't think there's anything that you can do, Mr. Speaker. We are making all of the arrangements. To which Rayburn said, well, have you had your coffee this morning yet? The man said that they had not even taken time for breakfast. Mr. Rayburn said, well, at least I can make you some coffee. So he just went into the kitchen and started working. And after a little bit, his friend said, Mr. Speaker, I thought you were supposed to be having breakfast at the White House this morning. And the senator said, well, I was, but I called the president and I told him I had a friend who was in trouble and I couldn't make it. True friendship. It's not as common today, I don't think. One preacher put it this way, friendship is more than pity. Pity hurts your heart. Friendship moves your feet. Pity says to the hungry person, I'm so sorry. I hope you can find a meal. Friendship heads to the kitchen. Real friends love us not because of, but in spite of. They know our weaknesses. They know our flaws. They don't overlook them. They just choose to see past them. Real friends don't run from our burdens, but instead they stay to help us carry them. This episode six that you're going to watch this week, it beautifully tells the story of friendship from a time in Jesus' life. Jesus' captivating teaching was just drawing large crowds 
everywhere he went. So let's pick up the narrative from the book of truth. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. A famous ancient playwright from the 4th century BC once said, real friendship is shown in times of trouble. Prosperity is full of friends. And Erwin Lutzer, a well-known speaker and author, once said, Christianity demands a level of caring that transcends human inclinations. Maybe this event in Jesus' life gives us some direction on at least a couple of marks of true friendship. One mark of true friendship is someone that helps you find Jesus. You together look for him. I have some friends that I golf with fairly regularly. And without fail, nearly at the end of the round, while we stop and we have prayer together, and you might think, well, what does golfing and prayer have in common? Well, if you saw my game, you'd see the necessity of prayer. <laughs> no, seriously. When we stop and we pray together, we know that life here on earth is found in finding Jesus. So we try to find him in our, in our marriages and in our families and at work and in tough situations in life because we know that life's greatest quest is finding him. And when you have friends that help you do that, oh, you've got a friend. J. Wilbur Chapman, a famous evangelist from 100 years ago, once observed that the New Testament tells of 40 people suffering from diseases that were healed by Jesus. 34 of them were either brought to Jesus by friends or Jesus was taken to them at the request of friends. Only six out of the 40 cases did the sufferers find the way to Jesus without some kind of assistance. It's a mark of true friendship together, finding Jesus. And I think a second thing that comes out in this story is is that you persevere until it happens. These friends of this paralytic man on his mat, they knew something might be possible with this person they heard whose name was Jesus. They loved their friend and they hated their friend's disease. So when the crowd prevented them from getting their friend to Jesus, well, they persevered until they found another way. Real friendship is never stopped by fear, but accomplished by faith. I didn't read you all of what verse 20 said. You see, after they lowered their friend through the roof right in front of Jesus, this is what happened. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to this paralytic man, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, wait a minute. They didn't lower him through the roof 
so that he would find forgiveness. They wanted him to walk on earth, but Jesus wanted him to walk in heaven. When Jesus saw the faith of these friends, his first response was to give them the greatest gift. Now, Jesus is going to take away this man's paralysis, but first he removes a greater disease, this disease of sin. What's separating him from the Father? Jesus is trying to open our minds and understanding to a greater reality here. This existence on physical planet Earth is not the main reality. I know it's all we see, but there's another reality, and he wants us to believe it in faith. There is an ultimate reality where sin no longer separates the loving creator from his beloved creation, where this eternal father is forever connected to his desired children. You see, where there is no sin, there is only life. When Jesus saw the faith of these friends, he rewarded them with much more than they ever asked for. Jesus gave their crippled friend eternal life. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit are eternally moved by your acts of friendship. And I'll tell you what, when you stand in a fiery trial with another friend and you try to help them find Jesus and you stay determined to, to, to stay at it no matter what, God cannot stay away. He joins you in that fire.